Well, welcome back into the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. My name is Austin, and I'm one of the hosts here on the podcast. My co-host Stephen and I have designed this podcast as a place specifically for us to wrestle with some of the questions we've had about the church, Christianity, and specifically how they connect to the world we live in today. On today's episode, we're talking about this idea of evangelism. Now, that's a big word, and if you've grown up in church, you may have heard that before. But simply put, it just means sharing the good news, sharing the good news about Jesus. If you've grown up in church for any amount of time, you've heard a a real emphasis placed on sharing the good news, telling other people about Jesus, saying the right things, thinking the right things about Jesus. But is that really and truly all there is to this idea of evangelism? Or is there something more? Based upon Stephen and I's discussion and where he's been this past summer, We see evangelism as constituting a way of life more so than anything else. In other words, it's not just about the things we say or the things we think. It's about the way we actively participate in God's mission of restoration right here and right now. And that has drastic implications for not only what we do for others, but how we live our day-to-day lives, how we do the most menial of tasks. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation on the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. So today we kind of wanted to talk about, well, give you a little context, because I mean, you and I have talked briefly about the level of preparedness for this episode is So, question. You know how they say like boxers and briefs? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> I wonder what the tie-in is between like the phrase briefly and why they call them briefs. <laughs> All right, you can continue. So, sorry, dude. You just you I, uh, you I, said I it, and I couldn't help but like. <laughs> I I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um. Okay. So, more simply put, right. <laughs> <laughs> If you know, uh, there's some sort of comment that you can leave, right? So yeah. let us know how, why we call them boxer briefs. Yeah, the etymology of the word boxer briefs. Right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um. Well, I was kind of doing. I was looking around, and I was on another church's website, and they said one of their core values the church. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I was just. Just doing research. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah. just looking around. Um, but I was on another church website, Andy. and one of their core values was this thing called evangelism. And I was like, mm. "That's, it's an interesting metric. It's an interesting value." And there really wasn't much explanation other than it's understood that being one of the things we value is just sharing the gospel. Mm. It was like, okay. Great. Now, a lot of people who've grown up in church for a while may know what that means and may have like may make that like a practice or a discipline or something that they make a core part of their spiritual life. But I guess it kind of made me think that that's a very vague statement. Mm. (laughs) It's like, okay, so number one, what is evangelism? Number two, what does it mean to share the gospel? And I think you have a really unique perspective to offer. Uh, because you actually, you. <laughs> uh, you actually got to do this. Like you left the country 
like you said, you went on a trip. Mm-hmm. You you left the country with 20, 10 students, nine students. So we took thirteen students. Okay. Um, but there were so a few staff members came from church, but then also there were a few adult leaders. So the uh, total was twenty one individuals. Okay. Left the country. Okay. So yeah, you left with a team of twenty one people. And you went into another country with the goal of working to help other people know the gospel, to know mm-hmm. the love of God. Mm-hmm. So I guess when you talk about this idea of sharing the gospel or evangelism, what comes to your mind initially? And like, did that change in your like leaving the country and going on like a missions trip for specifically to like be the hands and feet of Jesus elsewhere? Yeah. Well, so I don't have like a good probably textbook definition of what evangelism is. Um, and also you would probably know better than I do. Evangelism is not something that's unique to Christianity. Yeah. In a sense. I mean, it's just event like the, so the root of the word just means like to share the good news. Yeah. So it just to share good news. Oh, so it is a word that started as a result of Christianity. Cause I thought other religions can technically try to evangelize. They can, yeah, and and that's why it's just like it's just sharing good news. It doesn't oh, say sure. what the good news is. Sure. It's just sharing the good news. So that in the Roman era, that was like specifically applied to like the Jesus followers. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So yeah, evangelism um, is sharing about your thing, whatever your thing may be. In our case, it's the the gospel, the finished work of Jesus, um, and it's sharing with the intent to bring people into your system of belief, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, probably a paraphrase of something Webster would say or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is most often, that most often probably brings up like thoughts of people on the side of the road yeah. uh, yelling at you mm-hmm. or telling you to turn or burn or yeah. repent or die or whatever and all that stuff, which obviously makes you feel really good about yourself. Um, just kidding. And <laughs> and um, what we got to do was share that good news uh, just as much in deed as we did in word. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Which is probably the, I think, the best way to do it. Um, not only for the people that you are that are receiving whatever messages you're trying to share, but also for you as the messenger. So something we've talked about um, on this podcast in the past was a riot, the camp that we have yeah. where students go out and serve the community. And then they come and have, you know, like church service essentially at night, you know, they play camp games and all that stuff. And then we have church services, worship services in the evening, but then all day they go out to different work sites and serve the community. And the whole intention behind that is to not only learn about Jesus, but to, participate in the things that he would have participated in right um to live uh like him mm-hmm. and essentially with him in a concentrated form in a week mm-hmm. and what that does uh evangelistically for the students that participate in it is they begin to discover actually the heart of god for them but also for the world for the people they're serving Right. Um, if Jesus loves these people like that, he also loves me like that and all that stuff. And so they, they um, start to, that all begins to unravel f- for them. And so what we did um, is we got to do that mm-hmm. in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. for uh, a 
missionary organization called Mission Ventures. Yeah. And we helped them with some work projects, you know, painted a building and stuff like that and built uh, tables for them uh, throughout the course of a few days because they have financed Bible schools and trade schools for the communities that they serve down there. And then we also got to spend a lot of time in a Haitian refugee village mm-hmm. called, I mean, in Spanish, it's, no, I'm not going to try to say it in Spanish. I was, I was feeling real confident there for a second and I just, I can't remember. Um, but it's Redemption Village. Okay. Uh, and it's a, a lot of Haitian people are uh, immigrating to uh, the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and they oftentimes leave with, the clothes on their back and don't have a place to go until they go to this community that is sort of a, a become like a Haitian neighborhood uh, yeah. for all the people that are just moving into um, that town called uh, it's in a bigger city called Sosua mm-hmm. and then uh, which is like a borough of uh, Puerto Plata cool okay yeah which is probably where a lot of people stop on cruises if they go interesting yeah so if you stop on a cruise in on the way to the Dominican Republic you probably go to uh, Santo Domingo, Putacana, or Puerta Plata. And okay. uh, one of the boroughs of Puerta Plata is this t- town called Sosua. Okay. And that's where this uh, village is. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. And I think something you said that, that really struck me, and it's kind of like where you and I said, and this is something I think we've done a lot of on this podcast so far. It's reframing what the gospel actually is. Yeah. It's It's not just something... That you say like, oh, like, you know, yeah, I go to this and this church and I like, I agree with this and this statement. Right. It's not just something like that. It's something active. It's an act. There's an active component to it. Yeah. And I think in my head for so long, evangelism was just telling people what I believed and why I believed it. Ooh. Which is fine. Yeah. But I think in a way that's missing the point. Yeah. And I guess this, the shift really came for me when, yeah, I would say in high school when like I went on a mission trip, sure, like that kind of got the ball rolling, but specifically when I started sensing a call to ministry, call to be like, oh, like I'm going to give my life for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that I sensed Oh, I want to have all the answers to tell people. Yeah. It was like, I look around and I see so much pain and hurt and evil Mm -hmm. in the world. And so many people, and and like that pain and and evil takes the form of poverty, oppression, um, just divisiveness, arguing, like just factioning off and division among, amongst everybody. And I guess in my head, what the gospel and what evangelism actually is, is it's sharing the love of God, but it's not just telling people that God loves them because telling only goes so far. Yeah. It's showing them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how can we show them by just very simply and very tangibly meeting their needs? That's a cool thought. I was going to make that turn too, that it's not just telling somebody good news, but it's showing them. And there's a guy, so I've referenced him a lot. Tyler state and this pastor Bridgetown. he, talks about this idea of embodied belief, mm-hmm. which is like, we've talked about how faith is believing in something enough to where it and change your act, yep. where it influences your actions. Mm-hmm. So I think that another way to say that is faith is, is belief, not just uh, between your ears, not just ascending to a, um, 
what Pastor Matthew says all the time, a list of theological facts, right? But rather embodying those theological facts that you believe so much so that uh, they change your actions yeah. so that you're, I'm not show I'm not sharing this good news um, through one medium. Yeah. Rather I'm showing you and inviting you to participate in it. Right. Yeah. Which is like, it really is the way that, uh, the way that Jesus evangelized. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he told everybody like, Hey, I am who I am, right? Yep. I am the son of man. I am the, uh, nobody comes to the father except through me. But then he proceeded to then show people uh, what that looked like. And then also, which I think is really cool. We talked about showing, right? It implies that you are seeing it. Yeah. And the the way that he invited all the disciples to come and be his disciples was come and see. I'm so glad you said that. that that's where I was. Yeah. That's where my head was at. Yeah. Okay. You know, so pause before we came up with the idea to talk about evangelism. We were talking about, we were going to do uh, where we talked about the misuse of common phrases. Yeah. And so, you know, the phrase, I think it might be on there. Great minds think alike. Yeah. The second half of that phrase is great minds think alike, but fools never disagree or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the, like, it's almost like turning it on its head. Yeah. So it just made me think about it. Cause I was about to say great minds think alike, but then great Good minds tie-in. think alike. Good tie in, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, this this podcast thing is, is we're, we're just yeah, crushing we it. Got, we got uh, it. <laughs> the, uh, I was going to say that, but the flip side of it is actually, it actually doesn't mean what you think it means. Yeah. Which is, has nothing to do with evangelism. What we were talking about. It kind of does. I, okay. I would say like, because we're, the, make we're, this turn podcast pro. <laughs> go ahead. We're, we're talking about like evangelism doesn't mean what you think it means. It actually oh, is. Oh yeah. Right here. It's wait here. Let's do that again. There it is. There we go. Got, got it on camera. Okay. Um, I think specifically, yeah, evangelism, like you said, it's telling, but it's not so much concerned about, okay, like, what are you telling me? It's not, it's not like, for, like in high school, they gave us like a sheet of like, this is the way to evangelize, or like people have written books on it. Where, to me, the simplest, like most boilerplate definition of evangelism is loving presence loving presence loving presence to the needs of the other person right wow and that is it's like it's very much like oh like that yeah that's simple but it's very deep and it requires Mm -hmm. all of yourself right because yeah go ahead well the cool thing is that is as deep as you want it to be right and so the degree to which you allow that to be the Oh boy, that was a big sentence that I just, I'm not sure if I can make it out, out of the other, other, other end of that tunnel. So let me say that again. It is as deep as you want it to be because you only experience the benefits of that to the degree to which you allow it to actually form your life. Exactly, exactly. You can only, you can only give so much. Yeah. And, if you, and if you have not deeply encountered that love for yourself, right. you can't show that to others. Right. And I would argue that's why for so long, the church has been, the church, the big C church, yeah. has been kind of, it's kind of missed the point on a lot of things. Right. And it's because people are more concerned with, okay, well, we have to uphold the right things or we have to do the right things because we've always done it this way. Yeah. Or we have to say the right things and like those things have to be checked off because that's the way we've always done it. Right. Or that's the way that we think it should be done. Well, and then the flip side of that is, so you can't give it until you have it kind of deal, but yep. also, right, you'll never fully experience it until you begin to give it. 
Right. So it works cyclical in that sense too. It's a flip side of the same coin almost. I right. can't, uh, my mom always says you can't take, uh, especially when I was like leading worship as a, as a I was going to say as a young man, <laughs> it's like still very much not, <laughs> not, uh, not old, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so, but like when I was first starting to lead worship, she was like, what I was telling me, you can't lead people to a place you haven't been. Yep. Um, which is true. But in this sense, talking about, uh, the gospel, mm-hmm. you can't, you'll never fully experience it until you begin to share it, mm-hmm. which is begin to show people it or show it to people. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that's, I think the question that I use to, and I, I mentioned this, I think during one service when, uh, pastor David here at Bay Hope was talking about evangelism. Uh, he's the missions pastor. And he said, he was saying something that pastor Andy and I on Sunday school were talking and we were saying, I was, Oh, I, I said that the question I want people to ask of me, Mm. I don't want them to ask what I believe. Ooh. I if I if I do that, if within it, I'm I'm talking about like external when we're sure. thinking about like sharing the good news, sharing the good news of Jesus that all people are are reconciled to God through right. Jesus. Right. What I believe or what church I go to is the wrong question. Mm. It should be, why do you live the way that you live? Oh, that's cool. And that you see to me. That shit that flips the script yeah, on yeah, yeah. evangelism because right. it's not just something I, I have mm-hmm. something I possess. It's who it, it's like the way of life that I live. Yeah, everything in my life is pointing towards one direction. Mm-hmm. It's pointing towards God. That to me is the question that I try to govern my life with. If if somebody were if I'm going to the store or if I'm getting my car washed or if I'm doing whatever if somebody can look at me and say why do you care the way that you do why do you love other people the way that you do why do you live your life that way when there's so much brokenness surrounding you when there's there's no reason for you to do that you have every reason to just yeah yeah do nothing what like to me that's the question and that's what i this idea of sharing the good news talks about and I would say, and like we'll get to this in a second, but like that's what the the message of scripture has to say. Say more about that. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll launch. <laughs> we'll launch into it now. Um, I think the <laughs> side note. So whenever t- every time somebody says something in like a small group or like especially when I'm teaching Bible study to the students, mm. they always give me crap because like somebody will say something and I'm not like really content with the answer, so I just say like expand on that yeah say say more words or like like tell me more about that you know and they and they just like every so every now every time somebody gives like a two-word answer Mm -hmm. somebody will turn them and say hey expand on that you know (laughs) it's good they they got you figured out yeah 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 (laughs) um i i think this this is the clear there there's a book i read in my first year my my first semester in seminary called the mission of god's people uh and i'll link that in the description below um, but the mission of God's people, it, the whole point is like the, the scriptures as we have them today, they are, yes, God inspired, but God also ex- inspired their composition as well. Mm. It's like a literary piece of art and me being an English nerd, like I love that. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. But at, at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, we meet this guy named Abraham. Mm-hmm. 
and God says, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you from your homeland if you like obviously follow me, but if you, I'm gonna take you from your homeland, and I'm gonna bring you to the promised land, the yeah. place where my people can rest." And He's like, "I'm calling you." not just so that you can escape everything, but so that you, all the nations of the earth, will be blessed through you. Ooh. To me, and, and this theme is traced all throughout Scripture, that God's people, even like you and I were chatting about the Exodus and, this, and the idea of deliverance and why it meant so much yeah. to the Hebrew people, well, it's because God rescued them in line with this mission. He rescued them to be his agents of mercy and justice and to be that loving presence to all of the surrounding nations. Yeah. So, and we see that Israel, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, they did a very miserable job of that. Sure. They became, instead of helping the other nations to become like God, they themselves became like Like the other other nations. nations. Right. And that's why, that is why like Jesus is he plays such a pivotal role. He not only like redeemed us from the power and the bondage of sin and shame and death, but he showed us what humanity what it, looks it, like what, in its fullest yeah, form. Yeah, what it looks like. And it's this idea of loving presence. It's this mm. idea of come and see. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because So he wants you to come and see so that you can experience things, right? Right. Uh, and, and you have the opportunity to embody faith to be... Uh, yourself right but it's hard to do that though if you've never seen it right. it's like the whole concept of faith faith uh james is faith with faith without works is dead mm-hmm. um and so you need to act out your faith in order for it to be faith mm-hmm. also it goes back to the hebrew concept of knowing things yeah, like the word for yeah. uh the word to, uh in hebrew is yada yep and it doesn't necessarily mean knowing uh th- as far as conceptual but it's knowing with like your hands experiential yep. knowledge um which is cool. And then there's another thought, another Bible thought. Goodness gracious. Say what you said again. Uh, the idea of Jesus embodied. The, Sorry, yeah, the, the incarnation yep. that, that he is, he is God incarnate, the word of God incarnate, right? Mm-hmm. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, which is like such a cool thing. Yeah. Such a cool thing. And then upon, uh, so the word became flesh and dwelt among us, but then upon salvation that dwells in us. It's not right. just among us, but it's yeah. in us, which you would probably know better than I do, right? So the word I was telling, who was I telling about this? Oh boy, somebody. So the word uh, in Greek for dwelt, skenoo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, is the same word for tabernacle. Yeah. And so when it's uh, when it says that we are, or when Paul, I don't think Jesus says it. He probably says that he, the Holy Spirit will be in us, but he doesn't call us temples, or does he? I think it's Paul that is the first. He uses he's the first time first first, yeah. first person that says, "We are temples of uh, the living God." I can't remember the exact verbiage. Yeah, it's uh yeah yeah it's in First Corinthians. Paul says uh. Yeah, but you are God's temples, like right. the Holy Spirit. You are the dwelling place of God, and that. But Jesus like references and like in sure, prophecies and sure. stuff. That's well. Right. So then, is in Greek is that all the same word? Skenoo, that we are a dwelling place of the Lord. Yeah, it has various. It's like it, a, it's it, the same root word but in different tense or something. Yeah, well, it just depends on the context in which it's used. Sure. Um, I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head if in First Corinthians that's uh the noun form of the the verb skenoo. But I'm thinking specifically in John one. That's 
the where the word became flesh and yeah, 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 yeah that, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's the tabernacle, the monk, mm-hmm. and and that's like it's the same. I if, if it's not grammatically connected, it's definitely like thematic. Like there's a there's a clear connection. Cool. Like we are now the tabernacle in the Old Testament was the place where God's presence dwelled. Right. Jesus, the fullness of God's presence dwelled in Jesus, and now through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the fullness of God's presence dwells in us, or we have the ability. Hallelujah. So, so far as we open our hands and allow that to be the reality, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it might it might be grammatically connected. If not, it's certainly like certainly right. Have to look on. that up later today. Mm-hmm. But that, that makes me think of just the whole idea of Jesus shows us a way and then invites us to participate in the way, mm-hmm. and then through his uh, death. Burial and resurrection, a lot like gives us the agency to like actually do it, mm-hmm. not just do it alongside him, yeah. right? And so, not to say that like he, once you get saved, you're not fallen anymore or whatever. You're not like, I mean, that's there's so, you could probably go down a rabbit hole with that. Like, not to say that you'll never mess up again. You never sin, yeah. but it is to say that like there is now a redemptive potential to your life mm-hmm. that was not there before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um. So kind of based upon that framework and understanding of like what it means to not just tell people about the good news, but to show people, mm. I guess what, cause you had to recruit people to go on this mission trip. Like this, That's right. this was your trip. Like this is the, the trip, like the first mission trip you led. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do we go about communicating that to people? Because it's obvious, like, yeah, you could say. I'm thinking in my head there's there's a differentiation that comes up. It's like, well, how is that different than everybody who like doctors and nurses who like who do like medical work in other countries who right. like who leave the comfort of America and go elsewhere, but they don't necessarily have like a Christian framework. Uh, so I guess how number one, how did you like how do you get people to join you in this mission? Number two what and i mean we can talk about that after you answer the first question but like what do you think what do you think is the big difference in like christian mission and just like genuinely in general yeah just like just helping to help can i do the in verse two the second one first send it (laughs) okay so i think that like inevitably there is this appeal especially in western culture to like the medical field because of the uh work schedule and the monetary tie right that yeah. it's not a yep. is not hidden that like people in the medical field make really good money yeah not only do they make really good money but they sort of work when they want to or when they're available mm-hmm. or they work uh three days a week even though it's a full-time job it's three days a week which means you have four days a week to not do anything exactly. um which is is appealing right that is well worth to some the years and years of schooling that it takes uh not yes you help people but in a um there's also that, right? So it's, and that's not to demean anybody that's in the medical field, but yeah. like it definitely plays a part in, in, in the thing. Um, also I think, and this is sort of tying the two questions together. There is this innate, uh, and it's not hard to recognize this, especially if you have like a, if you believe that like we were created by God, right? There is something in, innate in human nature. I think that loves, uh, to sacrifice on behalf of the other. Yeah. Right. There's something innate also in human nature that loves to like, uh, like parasitically take to like 
for my own advantage, right? Yep. But there's also, likewise, you know, something that 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 is really it, it naturally appeals to people to give up of themselves for the sake of the other, which I think is why the medical field is such like a popular career choice. Yeah. Um, that's also why I think sometimes mission trips are n- an easy sell. Yeah. Um, also, in this context, though, to go on a mission trip, you pay to go serve people. You're not getting paid to go serve people. Yeah. Um, which is like feels a little backwards, a little yeah. bit of a paradox. It's going to cost me something to go give up something so that, that these people, these people that I'm serving gain from it. So it's cost, it's costing on multiple fronts. It's right. costing not only emotionally and physically, yeah, yeah, but also yeah. financially. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then also I think that it, uh, serves as, um, an adventure. Right. So, so, uh, Jordan, so Jordan Peterson has this like thing and I'm not sure if he's a Christian or not, but, uh, he has this thought that he talks about God philosophically. Right. And the, uh, and like the, the word of God or whatever represents sort of a call to adventure because you have to put faith in it. Uh, and so to fulfill the call to adventure in anybody's life. Right. And so he's, he's not speaking directly when he says things like this to uh, people with the Judeo-Christian worldview. He's just saying that when you listen or when you follow the sense of adventure, the call that you have, there is fulfillment that comes regardless of whether or not success or failure is in there. Yeah. And so just like there's an innate desire to be selfish, there's likewise an innate desire to uh, serve. And then you combine that innate desire to serve with the flip side of the coin of the innate desire to be safe but also the innate desire to be adventurous. Right. And so when the innate desire to be adventurous and the desire to serve come together, I think there is something that like really, really appeals to coming on a mission trip. Now that's probably a pretty like practical view of things. Yeah. Uh, I think also we have tried to do in specific, in our ministry context, tried to do a really good job of saying or teaching like our students Mm -hmm. that, um, the gospel is like church isn't just something like you show up to on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right. This yeah. relationship with Jesus isn't like something that you give time to twice a week. Yeah. It's something that ought to impact every day of your life. Right. Because it's a relationship with a person. Right. Uh, and so I think the of the people that came on the trip, right, you could tell there were some people there that were there because they felt like Jesus had put it on their heart to yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. Likewise, there are some people that really just wanted something cool to do this summer, you know, which is fine because they're all high school, middle school students, which, and so you would expect them to have all of those feelings. Right. So, um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. absolutely. Well, it's just, I think the biggest thing is people, I, I think of the story of the rich young ruler in the mm. New Testament. And I've been, I've been, my, my mind has been kind of just like, going back to that story and it's like following jesus is costly yeah following jesus it's not um and it's hard to get people to see that <laughs> because i feel like for for people all over the world and people who have lived in times other than ours life is hard you don't like anybody across the spectrum of yeah. any belief system says life is hard yeah it's just with Christianity talking about the gospel as something active, something that we participate in, something that right. we, we do just as much as we say. Yeah. To me, that poses another another level of difficulty. Like, 
man. And and like there's no gar- like there's guarantees that we see in scripture that hey, like Jesus promises life promises life and life in all of its fullness. And because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done, we don't have to fear death. Be- and death will never separate us from Right. God. Right. Um all of that great, but <laughs> but it's you get life and life to the full as long as you take up your cross and follow me. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. there's this there's this I guess weird weirdness to Christianity. Like, man, I want that life and life of all in its fullness. But yeah. it comes through it comes through sacrifice. It comes sure. through giving up sure. everything. And in the story of the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler or the 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 guy who had the inheritance, he went away sad because mm-hmm. Jesus said he said, Hey, I've kept the commandments for my youth. I'm a I'm I'm within the the covenant of God and his people as far as being a Jew can, is is concerned. What must I do? What what more must I do? And Jesus says, sell everything you have and come follow me. Yeah. Effectively, adopt my way of life and come and see. Right. And he said, I I don't think I can. Right. And I feel like in this idea of mission and evangelism, people and I would say the church over the age, it's because it's become so difficult for people to do that, especially mm. over the last 500 years or so. Um, people look at the church not so much as the ones who are going to lay down their lives for other people. It's yeah. just something, especially here in the West, it's just something to do right? in addition to everything else. Yeah. And I think that's, oh, like if I had to say, that makes me so sad. And that's like, again, and it, it like to fight kind of like what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. Like, why do we do what we do? Mm. To me, that shows like, ah, oh, man, people need to know that there's so much more to this. And that, yes, it is costly. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time, money, effort, all of that. Right. Emotional strain. Um, it may even cost you family relationships and relationships with other people. But it is so, so worth it. Right. Because you start to experience the profound love and I would say presence of God. Yeah. Not that God is just out there somewhere that we're going to get to eventually, but that God is like, God's here. Right. God's right here with me. Right. And he's enabling and empowering us to to live this life. It's not us doing it in our own strength. Um, another thing that, what, that you said that made me think of it is for so long there's kind of been a a distance between like, okay, church and then other things. So like the medical field or um, like working for social justice in our community. Sure. Uh, just like local c- contextual ministry. And I think it's because for a long time the church hasn't like, the church maybe hasn't seen that as a form of, van- of evangelism. Oh, Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like that going and being and sharing that loving presence, going and just giving up of your time, yeah. that, that is a means of saying like, hey, that's what, like, I'm not going out on the, the side of the street with a microphone or I'm right. not like right. going out and passing out like pamphlets or tracts or anything like that, but I'm actually embodying the gospel. And so there's been this disconnect of like vocations. So there's like secular vocations and then there's like, oh, the church. Right. I, I th- yeah, go ahead. Well, it's, 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 it reminds me that like there is many vocations that do a really good job of embodying the gospel if you will let them. Yeah. Whereas, and I think that like, so, I mean, we often hear that the, 
like a lot of something that's probably said often in church circles is like do as you do unto the lord or something like that or do as you will unto the lord yeah which is like the way of saying you know you don't have to be a pastor or a uh, somebody that is on staff at a church somewhere in order to be like a good Christian. You can you can be doing fruitful ministry, fruitful evangelism in wherever you are. Um, I think that uh, what we're getting at is sort of like just saying the same thing in a different way, right? Where it's yeah. you, instead of you can do it wherever you are, it's like, hey, wherever you are, just go do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which really makes me think of, so like Julia, my wife is a teacher um, and she is teaching fifth grade this year. And if you ask her, she will, I mean, I don't know, she probably wouldn't say it because she like hates churchy words. <laughs> but like, if you, I think if you really, if you asked her, um, she would tell you that like that teaching is her ministry. Yeah. It's, it's her way that she uh, can use the skills and talents and abilities that God has gifted her with it to their fullest potential um, to love, it would, to be a loving presence yeah. to as many people as possible. Right. Um, as many children as possible, right? Which is the age group that she's passionate about. Uh, and that is, that I, think, that I think is what that looks like mm-hmm. to do, to, to, to take the tools that God has given you um, and to use them to, be, to the best of your ability uh, which takes sacrifice and uh, serve people, be a loving presence to them. Right. And I think it's kind of funny, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. I guess I'm going to say it anyways. So, uh, but like, so, so she is like, you know, it's against the rules to, for anybody of any religious background to uh, promote their faith. Yeah. Unless a student initiates that conversation. But in her um, class of little kids, you know, they're fourth and fifth graders. She's had many students uh, have conversations with her about yeah. Jesus, um, it, which is like a really cool thing. They'll come up and they'll ask her or they'll talk to her. Or they'll say, you know, me and my family, we do this and all this stuff. And it's been uh, like a an avenue for her to make their connection so much uh, deeper yeah, and more meaningful. Well, it you said the word earlier. It's like embodied, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it it moves it from being just like up here to, and like something you talk about or think about to like, oh, I'm actually experienced. Like I can, yeah. I can point to something and yeah. say, yeah. that's like, that's it. That's right. the gospel. Like that's, I, I'd say that's an awesome example. And it's just like the, the job that you have, the work that you do in whatever capacity, it's just a means of, it's just a means of living this lifestyle. Right. right? It's not the fact that you have to have a certain job it's like wherever you are right like you said just go do it yeah and as, as you were talking it made me think of a story so in college i did a research project on this guy named george mueller have you ever george heard of him mueller yeah i think so but i don't know for sure okay so so he was a he was from austria he did he went to school in germany so he was like over there in europe uh he became a pastor in england and actually, he left, ended up leaving the church because of whatever disagreements. He, he was like, eh, like I, I am theologically trained. I, I did the whole pastor thing. Okay, great. I'm going to go do something else because yeah. I, feel, I don't feel that this is where God is leading me, that this is where God Interesting. wants me. Interesting. Yeah. And then 
he started in the town he was in. Was it Birmingham? I, I forget which town specifically he was in. But there was a, for whatever reason, there was a growing orphan population. And it was like kids, like he would walk down the street and, and downtown and just see kids on the side of the street. Yeah. And his heart, like if you read his, his journal, he says his heart was just broken for these kids. Yeah. And it was as if the spirit was saying, yeah, like these kids need somebody. Right. And so he, with no money and <laughs> no way to do it, no experience in doing it, was just like, I'm just going to start caring for these kids. That's cool. And so he bought a building downtown. And was starting to care for kids. And each and every day, I mean, you can read his 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 autobiography or his journal. And every day he would be like, hey, I we're out of food. Yeah. We do not have food to feed these kids. And miraculously, God would provide. And everybody would be fed. And then some. This orphanage. Wait, uh, somebody tells a story about him, I'm pretty sure, right? Where they had no food and then he prayed and the next morning they're like food show up on the that's doorstep. Exactly it. Yep. Okay, so I knew I'd heard that name before. Yep, that's exactly it. Oh, and Mueller. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Everybody knows that guy. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, and then the one building he had downtown, it was like. It overflowing. Was just, yeah, overflowing. And so he ended up, somebody, again, this is just God's provision. He pro- God provided a way for him to purchase like five acres of land what? out the countryside. Yeah. And he had like, like I think multi, I, I think it was five or six different buildings on this property. And each in each and every one of these buildings, it was kids being cared for kids. Yeah. Um, getting, getting a meal, having a bed to sleep in, but also learning. Yeah. Not just learning about who God is and how much God actually loves them. But receiving like a formal education of some yeah, sort. Yeah. Like wow. actually learning like skills to actually go out in the workforce and be yeah. successful. It's like, to me, that is a shining example of the gospel. Yeah. That is somebody who said, Hey, I noticed something. I'm discontent with how the, the state of the church or whichever organization he was in and said, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go follow where the spirit's leading me and go do it. And I'm going to go be the gospel more so than just, I'm going to stand up here and talk about it. Yeah. It's like that to me, is shows shows me that this is that the mission of God number one the mission of God uh, started with Abraham through Jesus through the apostles it's still onward today it's still moving forward today God is still inviting us to come and see today yeah. and when we do even though it's difficult even though like there were days where George Mueller literally thought hey it's done that it was a great run I'll do this as long as God provides it was a yeah. great run and the next day. God provided. Right. God showed up. He, even though it's costly, it is abundantly worth it. And as a result, men like men and women like George Mueller have experienced this deep, profound sense of joy and satisfaction. Like you were talking about right. what Jordan Peterson said, that idea of sacrificial love for someone else, that loving presence with someone else. Yeah. It's indescribable. Right. And it's, and it's not something that you can help lead other people to unless you've done that yourself and you've experienced it from God yourself yeah, and that you're joining God in right. his mission right. as well. Yeah. It's the, it's the idea of the gateway to life and life to the full Yeah, is to take up whatever your cross is and bear it. Mm-hmm. Um, which this is probably picking and choosing scripture to make a cool quote, but it's like, it's for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. Yeah. And so if the gateway to the joy 
is to endure the cross, then it makes sense that life and life to the full comes through the cross also. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent. Love that. Um Yeah, anything else? <laughs> no. You wanna talk about politics? <laughs> <laughs> just just send yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. I think that's a funny place to end it. Oh yeah. You want I'm, I'm gonna end it there. You wanna talk about politics? <laughs> <laughs>Thanks so much for tuning in to the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and like this video as well as subscribe to the Bay Hope Church YouTube channel. This may seem like a weird thing to do, but really it does help us out. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, all you'll have to do is leave a review or leave a comment in the app itself. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Young, Dumb, and Trying podcast.